we're not here to just, you know, live on nothing and always be, you know, withholding things from ourselves. when right. you can make it work and, you know, maybe give up on something else. Get your water and keep some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning back in to another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Kiani, the Responsible Homegirl, and this is a space that I have created so young adults can become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So today I have one of my very, very, very close personal finance content creators, Julia, on the podcast today. And like I always tell y'all, y'all are always hearing different money tips and money advice and different things from my mouth. But in this season, I really wanted to invite some of my personal finance content creator friends to come on the podcast so you could hear another voice because we are all sharing similar messages, but we're just doing it in a different way. So welcome to the podcast, Julia. Thank you so much for being on. Hi, Kelly. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So before we get started, I always ask every single one of my guests, can you tell my community a irresponsible financial decision that you ever made? Oh, that's a good one. Irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if there's a, a big one. I think that sometimes, so I... I, like the first thing that comes mind I just posted today was like about, you know, like my $500 flight. This was kind of like an impromptu, mm-hmm. um, like uh, trip that I'm planning uh, to Florida in March, even though I already like had one planned for February, but it was to see my, like my best girlfriend. So, you know, if it, I were being truly financially responsible, maybe I would have not have bought the flight. <laughs> um, but I, it really was like, just like, I got to do this. So that's like a recent one. And I can't really, um, I wish I had like a better example of like a bigger one, but that's what comes to mind. Cause that's, you know, recent. <laughs> I know that's fine. I feel like that was really good because, um, sometimes irresponsible financial decisions, they happen from us being like just spontaneous or being sporadic mm-hmm. when we really should be planning out, like how we want to use our money. Um, and I'm not saying like be so tight fisting and be like so pen and paper, um, but I do think it helps when you are intentional with with your money. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's like kind of goes down the path of like intentional spending and value-based spending. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that doesn't align with like some of these people that talk about frugality and like have very like strict rules all the time. And, you know, if I had strict frugal rules, I went about the flight, but my spending a lot of times goes more towards value-based spending and intentional spending. And like, I made it work. So. (laughs) And can you talk about that? I'm happy that you brought that up. Can you explain to my community what is value-based spending? Yeah. Value-based spending is when you kind of form your budget around Um, what's important to you and it doesn't always reflect kind of the traditional never buy Starbucks coffee or you know don't buy a $500 flight you know Um, it can manifest in like some more like expenses or um, things that you buy that like maybe don't seem like a good financial, financial decision but like we're not here to just you know 
live on nothing and always be, you know, withholding things from ourselves when you can make it work and, you know, maybe give up on something else. So like last month I didn't eat out, I ate out like once or something, but that was because I was quarantined because of COVID. I was super busy at work. I like, if I had eaten out, it wouldn't have like helped me because I was focusing on other things. And so, you know, my, my values and what I wanted to be more intentional on were like planning for things for the future when it was going to be like a more fun period. So yeah, absolutely. And I love that so much um, because one thing I always preach to my community is we are not here to just work and pay bills. Mm-hmm. Period. Like it is our money. So it is our job to tell it what we want it to do. And I just don't believe in penny pinching and just operating your life from a place of deprivation, like saying, I can't have this. or I can't buy this. No, spend your money on what's important to you and what you value, but also be intentional with it. So right. thank you for bringing that up. Totally agree. So now, Julia, can you tell me like, okay, for one, y'all, she has an amazing platform on Instagram called Two Cents with Julia. And me and her, we met, I think we met in 2020. Yeah, 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were and both we new like, to the personal finance space. So yeah. Right. And we just clicked ever since meeting and we had like a group chat with personal finance content creators under 25. And that was good too. But can you tell my community, how did you even start caring about finances? Like, why did money become important or something that you felt like you wanted to share with the world? Yeah, no, yeah. I always think I'm very lucky around this because I became interested actually, like while I was still in college. So, you know, I had, I had kind of a time to, to reflect before I was even starting to make money. And I, and things, you know, a lot of people start because they start with like bad habits early on, like, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of debt and lifestyle inflation and stuff like that. Um, and so I kind of was just researching basic things like 401ks and, you know, um, healthcare and just getting ready to have a paycheck. And then as I was researching, I was like stumbling across things that were kind of interesting to me, like, you know, saving, um, more than like the traditional 15%. And I was like, that makes sense because, you know, I'm a, like a, I'm, you know, a young 20 year old getting my first paycheck. I was just living on a college person's like right. <laughs> amount of money. Like I was just living like, you know, um, this lifestyle. So like, why do I have to change just cause like I have increased income. Um, mm-hmm. and so as I was starting to like read more, um, it really resonated too with kind of my background. Um, I had done a lot of um, education and internships um, in the investing space. So like um, institutional investing and investment management. Um, And then I, you know, for a multitude of reasons that really didn't, wasn't like the career path I wanted to go on, but I was still like kind of interested um, in the concept of investing. And it clicked a lot more when I was thinking about it as something that I could do as an individual. Um, and that's kind of also how I got interested in like this idea of wealth building and how money can grow like a lot faster when you're, when you're younger. Um, and it kind of helped that I already understood the fundamentals of investing. And I wanted to create a space where people like, weren't scared to like talk about like interest rates or, um, like different, um, invest, investing funds and platforms and like could understand it a lot better um because I think that knowledge is power in this kind of space 
Yeah, absolutely. So, so much I want to unpack there. So the first thing, for one, you congratulations, because I got introduced into like, or started caring about money because of my irresponsible financial decisions. Mm-hmm. But you are on the other side of the spectrum where you didn't really make irresponsible financial decisions. You're just like, oh, this is interesting to me. Like, and I want to do better with my money. or I want to continue to be good with my money. Um, the second thing that really stood out was that you said that you were living like on this college income. And because you were preparing to get an increased income, you didn't want to necessarily inflate your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So one thing that is very, very, very um, important is I think for people to understand is as they make more money, that doesn't mean you need to spend more money. So can you talk a little bit about life lifestyle inflation and how you have avoided that even, even though now you have like a nine to five and you are making more money, but like your mindset around making more money, but not necessarily spending more money? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and I always... I was literally talking to my boyfriend about this like a few days ago where I was saying, you know, even though the pandemic and COVID has had like very bad effects like on my personal life and just like the world in general, like without that kind of like moment to pause and just like be not like go, go, go. I don't think that it would have ended um, kind of my trajectory would have ended the way it is because so I'm in consulting, um, which is um, you know, a pretty like hectic lifestyle sometimes. And um, I could have seen myself ending up like, you know, getting Uber Eats all the time, like getting a high rise downtown so that I could like be close to the office. Like that's what a lot of my peers in um, similar industries, um, you know, from my college and stuff, that's the lifestyle they end up with just because that's like the norm, right? Um, You know, Ubering like from the office to work to like get drinks with your coworkers, like stuff like that. And it's super easy to slip into that. And so two things have kind of helped. First was like just, you know, doing my research and like being intentional about what kind of lifestyle I wanted to build. Um, and then also, I mean, the pandemic, I lived at home for like three, three months. And then when I moved, I was working remotely. So I don't have to live close to the office. Like I can live, you know, a little bit farther and save money on rent. And, you know, I have a roommate. So, um, you know, these things kind of like balled up and I was able to be very intentional about the lifestyle I was building first, because I had time. I wasn't moving to Chicago right after graduation. And second, because, you know, I was doing this education and learning and stuff like that. Yeah, you are very intentional, girl. (laughs) And (laughs) I love it. And I think that people listening to this, um, I feel like they can really maximize their income just by being intentional, by researching what type of lifestyle it is that they want to create, sacrificing on some some of those things. So like, even though some people, they may have like a high-rise apartment that's closer to the office, like, if you are working remote, do you really even need to be close to the office? So Mm -hmm. being that intentional with how you're spending your money, I think that can really help a lot of people. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So now let's pivot into how you are leveraging your nine to five to help you build wealth. So I know on your platform, you talk a lot about investing. So can you tell my community a little bit about how you are using your nine to five to help you build wealth for the future? Yeah, yeah, I really, I really like this topic. And it's actually something that surprised me because I always had kind of an entrepreneurial edge. So I always thought that, oh, having my nine to five, like would kind of, 
not, like hinder rather than help. Um, but it's actually, it's actually helped a lot. And um, well, first I want to touch on like the, I like the context and like the idea of like the privilege I've stepped into in order to be able to use my nine to five to build wealth. Um, I didn't start out with debt. I don't have student loans. And, you know, I kind of came from a situation where I don't have to like support family or something like that. So I just want to give that context because I think that it's important um, whenever we're talking about like comparisons and stuff like that. Um, so basically I, um, my nine to five income, I set a goal early on to save or invest 60% or more um, of my nine to five income. And so what that um, goes to is retirement savings. Um, so, you know, my 401k, my Roth IRA, um, and then uh, I, and then after that, I kind of think of it as like, where is it? maximized. So last year I was, you know, putting in a brokerage. I didn't really have any other ideas of like what I wanted to do um, with it. And then this year I am possibly buying a rental property in the summer. So right now I'm saving up for the down payment, the closing costs and stuff like that. Um, and so the idea of like my nine to five income is that, that I have is like, it is my like seed money. Like I, there's a lot of different things I could do with it. Um, I could invest it back into two cents. I could buy this rental property. You know, I could just put it in the markets and I'm so young that I have time to like, to play around, but anything that I do, I kind of want the return or like the value to be of, for me to be higher than like the higher or equal to the returns I would get just putting in index funds. Cause right. That's the easiest way to invest your money. And sometimes the most effect effective. So as I'm thinking about um, real estate and rentals, um, I always compare it to kind of how the, how my money would be used in, in the, in the um, stock market. Thank you so much for sharing that. And one thing that I love that you said was that you look at your nine to five as seed money. Mm-hmm. And I always tell my community, like switch the way that you think about your full-time job, because your full-time job is your first investor. Take yeah. your income and turn it into assets. And I think that you are doing that beautifully, like even with investing in your 401k, your Roth IRA, and then like thinking further with um, a rental property or even investing back into your platform. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope um, everybody listening can really think about how they can take their income and turn it into assets. Yeah, yeah. Because if you are in a position where after your retirement investments are covered, like why not go the step further and build those like extra assets that a lot of people don't get to building, you know, for 10 years or some people don't ever get to build them. So, um, you know, I always think I could be getting like, like expensive subscription boxes and living in a high rise, or I could be like building assets for the future. And I'd much rather do the latter. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I think that goes back to how we were talking about earlier is just making sacrifices. Like, mm-hmm. it's nothing wrong with getting those subscription boxes, but every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important to think about that as well. And another thing that I want to touch on, um, because the responsible homegirl, all listening, you, um, if you're new to my community, then you probably don't know, but I don't have a full-time job. So I focus solely on building the responsible homegirl from the ground up. So I also want to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of that, because how Julia has a nine to five and she's using that income to turn into assets. 
I'm using like my time, my energy, my effort to build this business. And that is like my main asset that I'm growing. So with having a nine to five or with being a full-time entrepreneur, all of it has advantages and disadvantages. But I would say, if you're listening to this right now, you do have a nine to five, like think about ways to use it more than just a paycheck every two weeks. Yeah, exactly. So now moving right along, Julia, for everybody listening um, who may or may not be financially responsible, what advice would you give them to get started on their journey to making wiser financial decisions, to investing in themselves? Just any words of wisdom or advice that you have for them? Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm huge on for somebody just looking to get into personal finance and bettering their financial decision, know what's going on with your money like right now. Like <laughs> I think a lot of people have a lot of like stress and anxiety because they're like oh I you know I don't know like I I'm so bad with money it's like once you sit down and you write out okay this is my paycheck that I get every two weeks Mm -hmm. then it goes to rent on the first and then these are my bills track for a month or two months how much you're spending like literally every single expense that you're putting towards like food and shopping and whatever and then you have this better idea and you can understand oh, this is why um, a lot, you know, I have like 200, 300 extra dollars in my checking account every month. I've just been letting it accumulate. Now I have like $4,000. Well, switch that so that that's going towards something every month instead of just accumulating in a checking account that has no interest, right? Like put a few extra hundred dollars towards your 401k or your Roth IRA or something. Then you can start being strategic. You can start making decisions rather than things just happening. And like, you don't know, and then you don't like, you know, you're being more reactive, like be a little bit more proactive and start being a little bit more strategic. Um, And while you're doing that, while you're figuring out what's going on with you, keep doing the education part, right? Because you can't make decisions without knowing like what decisions are out there to make. So those are kind of like the two things. Um, Once you get really comfortable with your financial situation and actually like know what's going on, it's going to be a lot more easy. Um, and you'll be surprised kind of where, um, where things kind of, um, lay out. Yeah. Both of those are really good. So just for a recap, the first one, start with where you are now, like in order to get to where you want to be, you have to know where you're starting. And sometimes people are always spitting out like, oh, I'm so bad with money. I'm this, I'm that, but they really don't even know what's going on in their financial situation. And I promise you, if you just take some time to write out everything, you will be well on your way to making more wiser decisions because the big statements tell it all. Yeah. The thing that you got. And I, w- I want to say like a lot of people get like caught up in the method too. use whatever method you yeah. grab words for other things. So if you like grab a piece of paper when you're trying to write out your to-do list for work, literally just start a writing list of all your expenses. If you like have Excel sheets that you plan your other parts of your life or you you do that, use that for work, use an Excel tracker. And then if you like are always on your phone and like are downloading new apps all the time, get like Mint or um, there's a lot of other apps that like do that kind of like tracking that you can like connect to your credit card. So don't worry about the method, just do what you like naturally like go towards, but yeah. somehow start trying to look at what, where your money's going. Absolutely. 
Yeah, definitely do what works for you and what's already like a part of your life because that's going to help you sustain what um, Julia just shared with you. Mm-hmm. But the second thing that Julia shared, I think is super duper important was educating yourself. So like we have literally so many free resources at our fingertips and we also have paid resources at our fingertips. So if you know that you want to learn something, I feel like I have been blessed a lot in my life because I have no problem investing. And when I make that investment, I take something from it and I'm able to apply it to my business, apply it to helping somebody else. And then it always comes back. So make um make investing in yourself normal. Like I know at first it may seem a little weird, like, oh, I'm buying an ebook or I'm buying a course. Like if you're not used to it, it may feel foolish, but I promise you it can help you out in the long run. So thank you so much, Julia, for everything that you shared. I really appreciate it. And I know that everybody listening got some sort of value from this and just moving forward can make better decisions because of our conversation that we had today. So just closing out, is there any last minute things that you want to share with the community or just anything before we wrap up? Yeah, I would say, you know, uh, people like me and Keone are out there, so keep learning from us and you know we we learn from you too we don't have it all figured out <laughs> and, not at all <laughs> but um you know if you hop on instagram um give us a follow and you know figure find a lot of other personal finance creators as well and you know really use this community to to keep going in that educational journey thank you so much Thank y'all for listening. Please make sure you share this episode with your homegirls, with your homeboys, because we do not level up alone over here. The more you learn, the more you can share. And always remember, with exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. See y'all next time.